0: In today's episode of Sports Talk from the Crib, we're going over the Celtics dominating Game 5 performance, the Clippers, the Claw outlasting the Nuggets there in the fourth quarter, and my opinions on the latest NFL signings of APL Day and Jadavian Clowney. All that coming up on Sports Talk from the Crib. Okay, welcome everybody to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Man, we had some NBA games last night. And the Celtics straight up dominated the Raptors. They showed the message. You know, they just laid an egg those last two games. Those last two games was just not Celtic basketball. It was just not how they were playing. So game five, they came out and dominated. Ended up winning the game. 111 to an 89, so they take a 3-2 series lead, and they were up 62-35 a half. It was getting ugly early. They were up by as many as 30 points, and it just got ugly really, really quick during this game. It was a blowout. Jason Tatum, finishes is 18 points, 10 rebounds. Kemba Walker, 21 points, 7 assists. And Jalen Brown led them in scoring with 27 points and also 6 rebounds. As for the Raptors, Pacal Siakam just not showing up. 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Kyle Lowry, 10 points, 5 assists. Fred Van Vliet, baby Drake, 18 points, 5 assists. You know, it just wasn't even close. Now, I know the Boston Celtics were mad. They should have been up 3-0 at least. They had OG Anunobi hit that game winner. And Jalen Brown paid it back to him this game with a posterizing dunk. So who the real OG is right over Anunobi. And the thing is, after that dunk out there, I think it was the second quarter, it was over for Anunobi. (laughs) He's only scored. He scored seven points the whole game. They were all in the first quarter. He scored seven of the first 11 points for the Raptors and did not score after that. I mean, he was just broken, especially after that poster rising dunk on that Jalen Brown had him. He took it personal. As you know, after game three, when he hit that game, when he was pissed, he was absolutely pissed that that happened. And he took it personal. They should have never lost that game. They should have. This series should have been over already. But I did pick the Celtics in six, so I'm glad they kept the series going a little bit. Maybe I'll get an actual game series correct in terms of, like, you know, the final outcome. So that's good. Some of the big takeaways from the game, again, you know, the three-point shooting, the Raptors and Celtics, they almost shot the same percentage here, but Celtics finished 11 of 34, Raptors 12 of 40. Van Vliet, man, two of seven again from three. He has been struggling from three. The guy, baby Drake, man. You know, the real Drake going to be a little disappointed in you not coming up clutch. But my biggest thing is Pacquiao Siakam. He is the one that had keep preaching. I keep preaching this. He has to take his game to another level in the playoffs and just be dominant. He has to be. Be the Kawhi Leonard role that he had last year. He has to fill in those shoes. And those are some tough shoes to fill. It's kind of hard filling NBA Finals, MVP, or defensive player, you know, as great as he is, filling in his shoes. But in the regular season, he was great. He had career numbers. And in the playoffs, he's just non existent. He's shown up, to maybe played one good game so far in the five games in this series. Jason Tatum has been owning them. Kemba Walker has played well. Jalen like I preached about these guards. These guards were going to take off after that Gordon Hayward injury. These three guards were going to sit there and play well together, and they have not missed Gordon Hayward at all. I just like their offense without Gordon Hayward. Like he is a great player. It's unfortunate he did have this injury. He could be back for the conference finals here. You know when they. More than likely they're going to face the Miami Heat. So I respect him. Maybe he can come back during some point in that series. But I think the Boston Celtics, seriously, have been better off without him. Because their offense seems to flow a little bit better. Yeah, they lost a couple games in a row here in this series. They shouldn't have lost them. But I think the same outcome could have been there even with Gordon Hayward out on the court. I really don't think they're missing much without him. And being there out on the court, but... Game six is going to be Wednesday. Can they close out the series? I sure hope so, because I don't want this series to drag on any longer. Some of these series just seem like drag on because these guys just take the day off. It seems like they like to take a game off, allow them back in it, like the Heat did against the Bucks when Giannis went down. They gave them a win. You know, they don't want to go undefeated. They want that. They don't want to get that loss out of the way. That's all that was. <laughs> but anyways, another. Big take away from this game is the Celtics starters outscored the Raptors 93 to 45. The Celtics scored 37 points just in the second quarter. So, in the second quarter, they outscored the Raptors the whole half. So they only have 35 for the half. That just goes to show that it's these three guards, man Tatum, Walker, and Brown. They're legit. I love the way. Walker is fitting into this offense, especially in these playoffs. With It's better than Kyrie Irving was, I'll tell you that much, especially last year. That, that whole mess with Kyrie Irving last year, it, Kemba Walker just fits the crew a whole lot better. These young guys are very talented. And it's going to be an interesting series come Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics Heat. That's the one. That is the series I wanted. That's the series I I picked the Clippers and Lakers in the Western Conference. Initially, this was my initial pick before anything ever happened in the beginning of the season. That was my picks for the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Then, you know, I jumped on that Blazers bandwagon, you know, for my bracket. And, of course, that got busted. That was a horrible mistake. But anyways, what can you do? You know? But... So I admit to that, I had the Blazers going up against the Clippers in the Western Conference, but we all know that's not going to happen. It's the battle of L.A. and Celtics in heat. It looks like that's going to be the series. Now let's hop on to the other game. Clippers beat the Nuggets last night, 113-107. They take a 2-1 series lead on them. Kawhi Leonard finished with 23 points, 14 rebounds, 6 assists. Paul George shot the ball very well, 32 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. And the Nuggets. Nikolai Jokic, the Joker, he was dominant this whole game. He played lights out. 32 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. So he's just 2 assists shy of a triple double. Michael Porter Jr. had an emphatic dunk 2 there on Montrez Harrell. He finishes the game 18 points, 10 rebounds. Jamal Murray, 14 points, and 9 assists. I mean, the Nuggets were in this game. They had this game. It's surprising the way they are competing against the Clippers. They just don't have that enough. Because the Clippers have three guys that can say, give me the ball. I'm going to the rim and scoring. I'm going to shoot this one-on-one. And it's over. That's That's the difference between the Clippers and the Nuggets. Clippers got Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Lou Williams. Who at any time can get the ball and score. Clippers I mean excuse me the Nuggets they got the Joker but and Jamal Murray can be but he was struggling so bad this game he finished the game 5 of 17 from the field now I said in the beginning of the series the thing that's going to be tough for Jamal Murray he's does he's going to have those bigger guys guarding him Paul George locked him up he made his night a living nightmare then Kawhi Leonard can switch on to that's the difference. Jamal Murray's not going to be able to score like he did in that Jazz series against these guys, and point proven again last night. Jamal Murray's a great player, played lights out so far in these playoffs. But this matchup for him, is just a nightmare because you got Paul George. He can pick you up a whole court, he, and he's dropping thirty-two points as well. You know, it's it's dominance here. Um, even like, like the Clippers dominated that fourth quarter. Dominated fourth quarter. They outscored him 29-19. They trailed at one point 97 to 90. It was 97-90, and Clippers just went on that run. And they just took over the fourth quarter. They locked up on defense, made some huge stops. You know, the Joker there, yeah, he was he was hitting them. He was getting everybody in foul trouble. He was getting to the rim. He was shooting threes, made a few threes there in a row. But it just wasn't enough there at the end. This is too much. It's too much. <laughs> that Clippers team, this is too deep right now. I can see the Nuggets maybe pulling off another win in this series, but it's still, it's still to me the Clippers, I think they're going to win the series in six games as well. So they're trying. They're, give, they're playing their hearts out. Big t- another big takeaway, man. The Nuggets just can't get to the foul line. They only got to the line 10 times. Made 8 of them. The Clippers got to the line 26 times. Made 20. So it was a 16 shot attempt difference just from the foul line. The Nuggets got to get to the foul line. The Joker was drawing fouls on them. But they didn't call it a whole game. It seemed like the Nuggets were getting you know, smacked around there a little bit. But they got to get to the foul line. They got to get Paul George in foul trouble. They got Zubak in foul trouble there. And you got to get Montreal. You got to just get down low with Joker because he was playing lights out. But when we're clogging the paint, he's the only guy that was really rolling for him the whole game. You're, they started double and triple teaming him and it's causing some turnovers. They're playing great defense. Of course, Patrick Beverly's back this series. He's still on a minute restriction. But having his presence back too, they put him on Jamal Murray there. And then when he's out of the game, Paul George is on him. This. This team is defensively is nasty. When they're locked in like this, they are nasty. And right now the Clippers are locked in in this series, especially against Jamal Murray. You're not getting 50 points on us. That's the message they're sending to their guys. And the Nuggets the Nuggets just have to do a better job closing out the game because they had them right where they wanted them. Fortunately, you know, they got the ball out of Joker's hands. They forced him to pass the ball. Grant for the Nuggets there. He missed three wide open shots there in the fourth quarter in the final minutes. That is what caused the game there. They locked down on Joker, forced somebody else to beat him, and that somebody else didn't beat him. They took their chances. <laughs> and I would, too. And there was an incredible block. Jamal Murray tried to posterize Kawhi Leonard. And that block, it's all over the place now. He blocked it with his middle finger, okay? Now imagine, this guy is coming at you full speed, coming down the lane. Jamal Murray's like, I'm dunking it, one-handed, monster, slam, dunk. Well, when you got the claw down there, that does not that is not going to happen. His, he blocked it with his middle finger. The replay, if you haven't checked this out, go check it out. He literally reached up there with his hand and his like finger blocks this and sends it back. Like I don't know how he had the strength to do this with just his freaking finger, <laughs> but he did it. Don't mess with the claw, guys. Don't mess with the claw. Claw is going to come up clutch. All right, let's jump into some football. There's some latest signings here this week. You realize we are two days away from opening day, Texas and Chiefs Thursday night. And, of course, the game's Sunday. Finally, Sundays are here for NFL football. we dealt with this last Sunday. was the last day without football. Now we're getting football every day up until February. And one of the signs I want to talk about that happened this week was Adrian Peterson. He was cut. Like, I actually hate it when players get cut literally a week before the season. They have no idea if they're going to be on the team or not. They think they are. But then they're not literally by a snap of a finger, and one of them is the one of the best running backs to ever live, Adrian Peterson. He was cut by the Washington Football Team, with I don't understand why because they really don't even have a running back on the roster. But anyways, they he signed with the Detroit Lions on a one year deal with about one point zero five million dollars. You know he's going to be there, in maybe a little bit of a crowded backfield. Carry on, Johnson's there. And they also drafted DeAndre Swift in this year's draft. But the thing is, he reunites with offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, who was the uh, coordinator for the Vikings during the first four years of his career. So it's familiarity there in the offense, and I wish him all the best. AP all day. I don't know how he still does it. Everybody always counts him out. Couldn't he? But should he finally retire? Does he have anything left in the tank? Because he's getting up there now. He's up there in age now. But he's still a baller. He showed it in his last couple of years there for Washington. Like last year, he rushed for 898 yards, five TDs. The year before, he finished with 1,042 yards and seven TDs. Like he's still producing out there. And that Washington football team just didn't like gel really last year Dwayne Haskins got in the mix there so he had a rookie quarterback that's why his numbers really kind of dipped. that's why the team as a whole pretty dipped. uh but they brought in a new regime there you know Ron Rivera from Carolina Panthers he's now the head coach they changed the name you know that it's just I guess AP hey it's time for you to go and does he have anything left in the tank that's our question of the day Does Adrian Pearson all day have anything left in the tank? And I think he does. I think he could actually get some reps here in in Detroit. DeAndre Swift's been out here in camp with an injury. There's been no preseason games. on Johnson's coming off an injury uh, last year. He's missed six games his two years in the league. So he may get a chance, and I hope he does. And now he's going back to the NFC North. Maybe he goes against the Minnesota Vikings. I could show, show, see this happening there. At least I want to see it happen one time. I'm hoping it happens just like one time where AP goes against his former team, the Minnesota Vikings, like and just balls out, gets a gets a hundred fifty yard plus game, couple touchdowns, maybe he even hit the two hundred break. One more time. I just want to see it as a fan. Just have him do it one more time. And then after this year, call it a day. Like, hey, hang it up, AP. After this year, I just want to see him go out with a game like that against his former team. I want to see him have a good year this year as well. You know, with him, Matthew Stafford, that Detroit Lions team, the whole defense was abysmal last year. Dead last. But Matt Patricia... What can you like make this team good again, please? <laughs> the Detroit Lions are been so bad. They've ended like so many great players have come in there, and just never like they just rain them out. Calvin Johnson forced to retire. Barry Sanders, of course. I want to see AP put Detroit on the map. This has a fun year, and especially rock that division one more time. I want to see him go up against everybody: Packers, Bears this run that division at least if I want him to get a chance. I want him to get a chance. I want to see the young guys out there. But if they're not healthy and not familiar with the offense, like Deanne Swift's a rookie. He's not familiar with the offense. There's been no camp. Aaron Peterson's gonna know the majority of that offense. Cause of the relationship with his, you know, former offensive coordinator and reuniting there again. I wanna see it. Matt Patricia came out even said, we'll see if he even plays Sunday just put him out there man let the guy have some fun it's gonna be his last year i think this has gotta be it for ap though he's bounced around before a little stint there with the saints and then the uh arizona cardinals but you know hey i want to see it happen i wish him all the best and we'll see what happens man the other signing this week he finally got signed was to davian Clowney. he finally got signed He's been demanding money all year. At first it was like 20 million. Then it went to 18 million. Then they say he may have re-signed with the Seattle Seahawks. There was talk about that. But he that up re- you know, reaching a deal with the Tennessee Titans on a one year, it could be worth up to $15 million with incentives. And hey, finally got a home. Joins the Titans the, the, from the AFC South. They're on the come up. They went to the AFC Championship game last year. They lost to the Chiefs. They were right there knocking on the door for the Super Bowl. So he's going there on a one-year $15 million deal. And in my opinion, he is so overrated. (laughs) Like to me, he is just so overrated. Last year with the Seahawks, he only had 31 tackles and three sacks. He did have a pick previous year. They were to the Texas, 47 tackles, nine sacks. For his career, 236 tackles, 32 sacks, six fumbles, recoveries, nine forced. So he's had an alright, you know, career so far. But to me, it's not worth this money. I that's why I like the one year deal. See what he can do, see if he can prove himself. But he disappeared so many times last year for Seattle. I didn't even know he was on the field. In the same over that last year there, and in- he. I just question his motor sometimes. I just question his motor sometimes. There on the field, and he's just all about money. That's the only thing he really, to me, cares about is getting paid, and not really like care about his his um, field performance. My, you know, some people disagree with that. I may be a little bit this, uh, you know, out there about it too. But that's just how I feel. That's how I feel about him. I think he's completely overrated. And he doesn't deserve the money that he wants. He's fired the same agent twice over the past year. So you're not getting your uh, money, man. No team's going to pay you that kind of money with 31 tackles and three sacks. Like I'm not paying anybody $20 million a year who comes out with 31 tackles and three sacks. I'm sorry. But we'll see how he fits in that Tennessee Titans. Maybe he comes out there. Maybe Mike Rabel can uh, get something more out of him. As a play year, one, it's only a one-year deal. So if it doesn't work out, then you can, hey, he's not on the team anymore. So it's a good deal for the Tennessee Titans. I don't like the Tennessee Titans this year. They got Ryan Tannehill as a quarterback, man. You know he's a mirage. He is a complete mirage. So I expect the Tennessee Titans to struggle this year anyway. You can go there. Hey, I bet you missed the playoffs. Go ahead, Javady McCauley. Make that your big signing there in Tennessee Because you had to re-sign Ryan Tannehill to that outrageous quarterback extension there and deal for him. The only guy I like is Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry deserved his money because he put that team on his back and ran them all through the playoffs in the whole season. A great running back. But you got Ryan Tannehill leading the team. And now to Dave and Clowney on the defense. Oh, man, Tennessee. What are you doing? You are not locked in. I expect you to not even make the playoffs this year. I expect the Colts to maybe come out in that division. I expect Houston to be mediocre there too as well. It's going to be, it's a tough division. You never could tell in this division. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars who, uh, you know, they they just got rid of everybody recently. So we never know what could happen. But this signing here, to me, is just not worth it. It's not worth a headache. And I just think he's... This completely overrated. That's gonna wrap up our show for today. I want to thank y'all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib with your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian. Remember to check out the official website there at heat Entertainment.com. That's feel the as well as the official Instagram there at feel the heat Entertainment for all your latest news and updates. Remember Monday through Friday, available on all streaming platforms. So share it with your friends, family, let them know about sports talk from the cribs. Thanks again, guys. Catch you all tomorrow.